Hey, everybody, this is David with the Sales Development Podcast over here at TenBound. Very excited to announce TenBound.com. We've got the TenBound Sales Development Conferences coming up this year, obviously doing them virtually in March, June, and August, and then hopefully doing a live in-person event in October in San Francisco. Hopefully that happens. And in the meantime, definitely get over to tenbout.com, sign up. The virtual conferences are free and there'll be packed days with tracks on sales development leadership from some of the top leaders in the sales development world talking about how they're doing sales development today in such a strange environment that we're in and how they're being successful you know, year after year. We're going to be talking tactical tips. We're going to be talking about how to actually do the job in 2021, and we need you there. So jump over to tenbound.com, T-E-N-B-O-U-N-D.com, and register for free for the virtual events, and we'll see you coming up here in the spring. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am honored to be joined today by the author of Selling with Noble Purpose, How to Drive Revenue and Do Work That Makes You Proud. Lisa McLeod is the author and the founder and CEO of McLeod and More. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm great. Good to talk to you, David. Thank you for coming on. I'm really excited to share this, this concept with the audience because this is something that you know, it not only refocuses us on why we're in business <laughs> in the first place, but, but also can make you much more successful as a business and as a salesperson and as an SDR. So thanks for coming on the show. Let's dive in. How did you, how did you come to write this book? Tell us a little bit about your background, you know, and coming to the point where you wrote the book. So Selling with Noble Purpose is about bringing the money and the meaning together. And Things are always more clear in hindsight. What I realized is this was actually the quest of my lifetime. And how I came about writing the book was it all started with a study that I did about 10 years ago for a big biotech company that asked us to identify what differentiated the top performers. And I'm a sales consultant, longtime sales consultant. I've been a VP of sales. I was a sales trainer for Procter & Gamble. So I'd been in the space for a long time. And when we did this study, what ended up happening is there was one anecdotal conversation that I had with one of the sales reps where this was a biotech company. She talked about how she had made such a difference to this one patient. And she always thought about this particular grandmother that she helped. And she said, I carry that with me in my heart every day. That's my purpose. And for me, that was the tipping point because what it led me to study was what sits underneath all the sales behaviors that we know make a successful salesperson. And in this particular study, what was determined is that the sales reps who had this sense of noble purpose, who truly want to improve life for customers, were actually the top performers. Interesting. Okay. So tell us about that, the noble purpose or the noble sales pur purpose, because one thing that I, I got from it is if making money is a company's foremost priority, it's the opposite of having a noble purpose. If you're just going after the money, which I think that we all sort of fall into to some extent, especially nowadays. That's right. It's our default. And what you have to understand is that making money and making a difference are connected we tend to silo them in our mind 
And if you ask most sales leaders, what's the purpose of your sales team? They'll say, you know, close the numbers, hit the business, make some money. But that's actually the result. The way that you make money is by improving life for customers. And so a way to think of it is as an ordering thing. Making money for customers is the tip, making a difference to customers. And it may be making your customers money, but making a difference to customers, your noble purpose is to improve life for customers. That's at the tip of the spear. That's at the front. The result is you will make money for yourself. Because one of the things that sales leaders often talk about is they're so frustrated that their salespeople are so transactional and deals come down to price and it's always about the money and the customer doesn't see your value. Well, that's because the seller was only thinking about closing the deal, which is natural if you're up against a big quota and you're worried about your number, but you've got to reverse the ordering if you want to be compelling to customers. Okay. So just a little bit of a out of left field, but should we think about compensation for salespeople differently? I mean, because it sounds like if we're going for the quota, I mean, the quota is all about the money, right? And closing the deal. Should we get rid of quotas and, and just have some sort of other system? I know I'm probably going to get, you know, everyone's going to hang up the, <laughs> this yeah. call right and, now. And hey, it, yeah. It surprises people to learn that I am all in for quotas and I am all in for incentive-based sales compensation. Okay. All right. Absolutely. But here's the thing. What you have to do, that the money is always a lagging indicator. The money tells you what you did yesterday, what you did last year. As a leader in an organization, whether you're leading a team of 10,000, whether you are a sales manager with five people, or whether you are a seller leading yourself, what you have to do is you have to look at the behaviors and the mindset that will create the money. So when you go to the Olympics, the runner with the fastest time wins. But when their coach coaches them, they don't just scream at them, go faster, go faster, go faster. <laughs> you know, it's not going to work. They look at their, look at me using a sports analogy. They look at their strength and conditioning, their nutrition, their mindset. And so what you have to do is know that the number is going to be the direct result of your ability to keep improving life for customers as your noble purpose front and center, your ability to really understand how you can help customers, your ability to articulate that. And the win is the number. And so when you got to really distinguish between those two. I will also tell you that some of the best organizations that we work with, in addition to doing incentive-based compensation, also give out awards for who made the biggest impact on the customer, who does the best job of customer discovery, all those kinds of behaviors that we know lead to sales. And so they do both. Got it. Okay. So say, you know, we're aligned, we want to do this. So now if you're your average sales rep or SDR, there's a few questions you have to ask, right? What differences are you making for your customers? What differentiates you? And what about your job makes you feel great? So I can answer that last one, but how do I go out and find this information? Because most training programs are just, okay, here our product works. You know, here's how to use Salesforce. Phone. Okay, go. That's all they got. Go to so town. They got to go do it themselves. How do they do that? So there's a couple ways you can do it. So what you've got to get deep in your marrow is how do we make a difference to customers? And if you 
are a new SDR or you're new in a role and you haven't sold anything, you might not know that. But I can guarantee you, if your company has sold one widget, somebody bought it because it was going to improve life for them. So where you look for the answer is in the customer's eyes, in the customer's stories. And so ask around some of the more tenured people, ask your boss. If you have existing customers, ask them, how does our solution make a difference? And I, and I want to draw your attention to the language. Most people say, why did you choose us or what do you like about us? We're going for something even more powerful. We're saying, how does our offering make a difference to you? Does it make your business faster? If so, what impact does that have? And then what impact does that have? Because you want to get a really compelling story about how you make a difference to customers. And that then becomes the organizing element of all your sales calls. Because if your product is the organizing element of your sales calls, if you've got the best widget in the world, you may win some sales, but you won't have the compelling resonance that will make you the sole source provider that will keep your deals from going out to bid. You've got to have clarity about how you make a difference to customers. Got it. And and so in the book, it's the noble sales purpose statement. So you gotta right. you've got to do this research, you know, talk to people, study the case studies, look at how it really made a difference. And then you suggest that they sit down and write this out, the noble sales purpose. That's right. Because what happens in a company, so I want to compare two things. If you every day wake up and think about your number, and that's very natural. Everything is pushing you towards it. It's probably on your phone giving you some alert. It's how you're doing on the pipeline. The numbers are clear and present in the organization. So what you need to do as a seller is make equally clear and present this noble purpose of how you make a difference to customers. As you said, it comes from three questions. How do you make a difference? How do you do it differently? And on your best day, what do you love about your job? So I will give you a couple of examples of clients that have done this. We worked with a bank, their noble purpose, and you can go to our website. It's the guys right on the front page of the website talking about it. And their noble purpose, it's Atlantic Capital Bank, is we fuel prosperity. It's really simple. But if you show up for every customer thinking, I'm here to fuel their prosperity, you're going to behave in an elevative way. Another one of our customers is Dave and Buster's and theirs was we champion laugh out loud fun, totally different business. But what that says is whenever I'm with a customer, I want to find out how I can help them have more fun. And that orientation versus how can I upsell them some wings is going to be very different. <laughs> Definitely. And so a lot of companies have a mission statement, but this is going to be a lot different, right? Because it's more customer centric. It can be. Some companies have really good mission statements. I mean, words only mean what we think they mean. But I'll give you another example of a customer of ours, and they got a 10x revenue growth based on their alignment around a single purpose. They were an IT provider. They did IT outsourcing for small businesses, and their purpose was super simple. It was, we make small businesses more successful. Like literally that was it. Like it wasn't, you know, flowery or inspirational. It was just every time I talk to a customer, my job is to help figure out how I can make them more successful because left to default as human beings, lovely though we are, 
our mind will always go to our agenda. And so you want something concrete like fuel prosperity, champion laugh out loud fun, or help make small businesses more successful. You want something concrete to tether yourself to, to always be reminding you of why you're there. And, and to, to have it really motivate you, it's got, you've got to feel it within your bones, right? So That's right. if someone's That's right. out there and they're like, you know, I, I got this job, I'm, I'm selling, you know, widgets, <laughs> for lack of a better word, you know, they're industrial, you know, cleaning parts for technological solutions or something, right? So they got this job there and they're doing okay, but they're not feeling that noble purpose. Do you ever run into people like that, that, that you have to be like, yeah, they have to dig pretty hard to get that internal motivation. They do. And it, it does happen because if you're selling, you know, a life-saving cancer drug, it's right yeah. there. Right. I right. will tell you two of our most successful clients. One was a concrete company <laughs> okay. and the other was a plumbing company. So on the surface, you might think that those things are not very differentiated. The two separate companies. But what I would say is you try living your life without concrete or plumbing and it's going to be problematic. That's what I was going to say. Those are freaking important things. They're really important. We've also worked with like accountants. And so if you're selling something that doesn't seem sexy, that's actually, when we work with companies, that's actually kind of our sweet spot because those are the kinds of companies that really need help bringing it to the fore. And what I would tell you is if customers are buying from you, you have a noble purpose. There is something that you are doing for them. And it may seem small. It may just be helping their systems run faster. But really look at the ripple effect that that has on people. Do they get to go to their families sooner? Do they get to make better strategic decisions? And when you tether yourself to that, the way that they do business with you becomes transformative because you are showing up as this noble purpose, higher cause, your frontal lobes are lit up when you're with customers and you create a transformative experience. And that's on you, the seller, because what it does is it makes you more compelling to the customer, but it also makes your life and your job more fun. And God knows if you're on Zoom calls all day, you can sure use that. <laughs> Definitely. And, and so if someone, you know, they're working at a company as like an individual contributor they read the book, they go, okay, I've got my, my noble you know, sales purposes down. This is, this is what's really motivating me. But then in the book, you know, we talk about aligning the ecosystem as well. But as an individual contributor, you know, you're really, first you have to align yourself, it seems like. And then, and then do you have a ripple effect to, to the organization or do you just have to focus on yourself? So the first thing, as you said, is to get yourself aligned. But we all okay. know if one person in the family starts eating healthier or exercising more or whatever, it usually has a ripple effect. Maybe not on everyone as someone who's been married for a long time can attest. But what, one of the things that you want to do is, and it's really easy to go, well, I want to be this way, but nobody else is. The great thing about sales is when we did these studies across sales organizations before I'd written the book, before we'd learned how to scale this methodology, we found that in every organization that we studied, the top performers were already doing this. So even if the rest of your company does it, you can do it. But I will give you one hint. One thing that you can do that, you, that will have a ripple effect on everybody else, and it's when you start telling stories 
about how your solution made a difference to customers. We did that in that concrete company. People started telling stories about how their concrete foundations helped people, you know, homes hold together, help people, you know, build a, a better building. And they started telling these stories and it caught on like wildfire because it was like, okay, this is a blue collar company. We sell concrete. We talk about this noble purpose, touchy feely crap. No one's going to buy it. So we seeded people. The top performers started telling these stories and it caught on like wildfire. Excellent. Okay. So it can go by osmosis. Even if you're, you know, SDR right on the front line, if you start thinking this way, it can have a ripple effect. I'm curious too, on the flip side, if you're working with like the senior management and they start to work with a noble purpose, but then they're interacting with people who are still like, you know, there's almost a culture of like anti-customer, like the customers, darn customers said this, darn, you know, there's a sort of a, these customers are driving me crazy. Well, they're paying your bills. But anyways, if you're an executive and you're getting pushback on this, you know, what, what are your suggestions there? Because you can't just go fire everybody at the company, right? Well, and in a lot of cases, you don't need to. Like we've had a couple of companies, as I said, that bank the guy was on the CEO ended up being on the cover of American banker as a banker of the year. They had a 40% increase in earnings and turned around their company to be voted a best place to work. And it started with him and a couple of his other key people. And it was because what we did was we put a stake in the ground. We have a noble purpose. Here's how we make a difference to customers. Then in every meeting, there's a question that you can ask as a leader any deal review, anytime you're talking a customer opportunity, one single question, we call it the game-changing question, and it's this, how will the customer be different as a result of doing business with us? And that will flip any conversation from, oh God, there's such a pain, all these stupid customers, to, oh, let's think about them. Because what you're trying to do as a leader is you want to humanize the customer knowing that some customers are a royal pain. Some customers are awesome. But we want to see them as not just numbers. We want to humanize them. So when you tell these stories about how you made a difference to them and you start asking that question, how will the customer be different? What you're doing is you're pointing people towards customer impact. And I, I want to make a really good, important point here. A lot of people talk about customer centricity, which is a well-intended concept, But what happens is people wind up feeling like indentured servants to the customer and they have to do everything for the customer. Selling with noble purpose is about not just pleasing customers, it's about improving customers. And that's a pretty powerful difference. Okay. Tell me about that. What's the, what's the difference? Like, because I'm right on board. I, you know, one of my mentors for entrepreneurship is Jeff Bezos, right? And he, oh, every yeah. time he talks, it's obsession with the customer. How do, you, how do you partner with them in your noble purpose without just becoming, like you said, like an endangered servitude? An to endangered them? servant, yeah. yeah. So if you think about, I'll give you a before and after example. If you think about a company that's saying, we want to be customer centric. It's all about the customer. It's all about the customer. And then the customer comes to you and says, well, we want X, Y, and Z, or we need a lower price or this and that. It's very easy to be reactive to that. Yes. But if you have said, we'll go back to our IT company. If you've said our noble purpose is we help make small businesses more successful. What's happening then is you're looking at small businesses 
and you're peeking around the corner for them and you're saying, what would make them more successful that they maybe haven't even thought of? What could we do differently to empower them? So you're going to drive more innovation because you don't drive innovation sitting in a room going, how can we make our customers happy? You, or how can we make more money? You drive innovation sitting in a room going, how can we solve or a problem for the customer that they didn't even know was possible? How can we improve them in a way that they haven't even thought of? That's the difference between customer centricity reactive versus noble purpose proactive. It's almost like you work there at the, at the, at the customer right. company and you're the well, top employee at the company that, right. you know, instead of just a, a vendor, you know, somebody Here's said yesterday, a vendor is like a vending machine where you put in the money and you pull out, a, you know, it's very reactive. You're, you're talking about really partnering with the, with the In customer. a strategic way. And a vending machine is a great example because, you know, if I'm in the hospital with you know, at two in the morning, because my kid's in there or something, I want those Funyuns in that vending machine, you know, it better work. And I'm going to be really pissed if it doesn't, but I'm not going to go home and go, wow, that vending machine was awful. Here's an example that I often give, you know, a lot of people have children. If you don't have children, you have parents. Selling with no purpose is like the difference between parenting to try to please your children versus parenting to try to raise successful adults. They're two distinctly different things. And every parent knows if you are parenting to please your children, you are going down a rabbit hole. If you are parenting to try to create successful adults, and by that I mean smart, compassionate, empathetic, kind-hearted, leaders, brave people, you know, all the things, the, the multifaceted of success, there are definitely going to be times when you want to please them. And there are also going to be times when you want to point them in a different direction. Mm, and it exactly. gives you a totally different lens on it. And like to take this parenting thing one, one step further, if you're trying to parent just based on, I want to keep them happy. Let's just get through the day. It's going to be very dispiriting to you over time. Every day is just going to feel like, wake up and it's time to make the donuts, you know, rinse and repeat of the last day. But if you feel like your North Star is I am raising people who are going to make a big, bold, courageous, compassionate contribution to the world, it's going to lift up all those daily things that you have to do. And that's what selling with noble purpose does for a sales rep. Instead of a rinse and repeat of every call being the same and just like, oh my God, just get me to my number. On those tough days, it will give you more resilience because you know that what you're doing matters to somebody besides just you. Oh my God. I, I feel like you just described the last year of my life here. <laughs> Everybody's life. Yeah. Everybody's but life. I'm also thinking, Lisa, the next book is Raising Children with a Noble Purpose. How to drive <laughs> you know. How to drive character and courage for the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. We 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 needed a whole nother episode about, you know. <laughs> about that. What am I doing well, wrong? Okay. Yeah. You know, I love it is that. interesting because there is, there is something that parents have discovered through COVID that sales leaders need to learn. And what parents have discovered is that teaching to the test sucks the life out of the performer oh. and they don't learn anything. It's yes. the same thing as trying to coach to the numbers. 
Okay. Because the test and the numbers are a lagging indicator. You want to teach and coach to the behaviors that will produce it, which is a very different thing. And you want to prepare the team to perform when you're not there. There was a study from Michigan State University that showed that salespeople who have a greater sense of purpose are more resilient, more tenacious, and put forth more effort over time than people whose ego rises and falls with their sales number. Okay, you're giving me a lot of homework here, Lisa. So I hope you know, I'm sorry. Because I got to go back and look at my noble selling purpose, you know, for running the company. And then I think we need to go back in and look at our family noble purpose because we're definitely, it's donuts and Zoom calls and, you know, mobile you know virtual classrooms. It's, it's good. If crazy you made it across here. the finish line this year okay. and everybody's alive, yeah. bravo you. Okay. We only have bravo a few more weeks. You, <laughs> you know, yep. every you. parent that had to, you know, I know you have salespeople listening to this, to people that had to be on Zoom with their customers while their kids were in the background doing God knows what, I say bravo to you. Yes. I this was is... a working mother working at home 20 years ago when you weren't allowed to admit you were. But I say bravo to you because what a lesson you gave your customers and humanity and what a lesson you gave your kids in showing up even when it was hard. I mean, I think that because we're in the midst of the crisis right now, it's hard to see the forest for the trees. But hopefully, once we, at some point in the future, we get out of this, we can look back and go, wow, there were a lot of, you know, every time you go through a tough experience, right, you come out with a lot of capabilities. But one thing I got to mention is we were starting to get packages, right, for the holidays. And like every other one is that these huge boxes of wine. Does everybody think that are we, you know, what's that tell us? But anyway, so sorry. (laughs) No, it's you're right there. And it it is interesting because people are trying to do things to buoy people's spirits right now because they know we need it. Everyone else needs it. In conversations with a lot of companies about how to do their sales kickoff, you saying wine made me think of this because they used to depend on this big rah-rah, the open bar, the networking, the music, and now they're doing it virtually. And one of the things that people are realizing is their sales team needs to feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. Because when you just go home, it's really easy for your work to become transactional. So I'm working with a lot of companies now to really on virtual, lift up that sense of noble purpose, have the people talk in small groups about how they make a difference to customers because we've got to build some belief and some mojo in these people because next year, like it's time. We got to step in and really win some business. 100% and not having that that face-to-face. I mean, that's one of the most fulfilling parts of working at a company. It's like, you know, everyone complains about the commute and everything, but you go into the office and your friends are there and you're around the water cooler and stuff. It's like missing, right? This esprit de corps is gone now and we're trying to replicate it in a Zoom, but it's... And you really have to, you talked about your ecosystem and your inputs. One of the things that I often tell salespeople is you've got to manage your inputs And those numbers and that pressure to hit the number is going to be omnipresent 
every time you open up one of your devices. And so what you've got to do as a seller is create this sense of noble purpose. Have a brag file on your computer with a couple of customers that sent you a nice note. Have a story that you reset yourself to because you've got to manage those inputs for yourself because they're not happening anecdotally in the office anymore. So you need front and center. Here's how we make a difference to customers. Like get it on your damn screen so that you can look at that and go, that's right, that's right, that's why I'm here. Otherwise, you'll just be either bored or worse, fearful and frantic all day. Oh my God, yes, exactly. Stay off the news. <laughs> that's my number one, <laughs> any, any type of it. I mean, just... Because that's going the other way. I mean, you go down this negative rat hole. and It is going hosts. the other way. I do notice some of the news programs are ending with a positive story of the day, which I applaud them for that. But I 100%. think even beyond the news, what I see happening with salespeople is because there is so much pressure to hit their numbers, that that ignites the lizard brain and mm. you become really frantic. Yes. And what you've got to do is ignite your frontal lobes in the moment when you're interacting with customers. Exactly. I love that. And, and so, okay, this is amazing. I feel like we definitely need another episode on parenting, family, marriage relationships. <laughs> These are all things you know that I, of, I need. All of those things, I like to think I've done a pretty good job, but I okay. would be, give myself a B minus. The one thing I will tell you that we can talk about that I have A plus confidence in is I know how to help people make money and enjoy their jobs more. That, I have a much better track record than all the other things you mentioned. (laughs) I need that too. Okay, we're going to get you on again. I just want to ask you though, just, you know, you've been in entrepreneurship for a while. And one of the stories that was really interesting in the book was launching right into the middle of a horrible recession and then being able to use, you know, your noble purpose and, and your motivation to get through that period you know, how did you, when you were up against those headwinds, you know, I think it's it, now we're back, you know, into this, into this crisis situation. How do you keep your, your confidence and keep moving forward when you're faced with those challenges? Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because there is a story in selling with noble purpose. And when I wrote it, I didn't know how relevant it would be at this moment. And it's basically how I use this idea of noble purpose to sell myself out of a bankruptcy. And I don't mean a a figurative bankruptcy. I mean a literal bankruptcy. My husband, we had a family business that went belly up in the recession. And what I realized was I had always been a sales consultant, but to be candid, I had never had my back up against the wall for money. Like really back up against the wall. Like, is our daughter going to be able to go to college? Are we going to be able to keep our house like that kind of back up against the wall? And so what I realized was I could go out and behave in a very transactional way. And I've been in sales for a long time and I'd probably close some business and we'd probably be okay. But I thought, is that how I want to really behave in a crisis? Or do I want to use this as an opportunity to say, and as I sometimes said to myself, damn it. I'm going to make money and make a difference at the same time if it kills me. And so what I found myself doing was practicing and then acquiring the mental discipline to shake off the fear before a sales call and say, I'm going to, in isolation, because my financial life may be a mess, but in this moment in time, I'm going to focus on how I can help this other person. 
And maybe I can't do it every day. Maybe I can't do it all day, but I can do it for 30 minutes. And that changed everything. And then later, that's how I actually landed that study. Then I did the study. Then I wrote the book. And so I won't say that I was perfect at it in the beginning, especially, but I remember thinking, no matter how afraid you are about money, for 30 minutes, you can look at this other person and say, I'm going to help them. And practicing how can I that help over this time other really person? Just putting, that, putting everything aside for that 30 minutes, how can I help this other person? One call after another. And One call after another. And that's, wow. that's what did it. Amazing. You and I met at a conference in San Francisco, I remember, and I was just coming out of it. And I remember going on stage to speak at that conference and thinking, I really hope there's some leads in this audience. (laughs) But I remember thinking to myself, if you think that you're going to suck, don't do that. And so I remember like sitting backstage and looking at the audience and saying, how can I help them the most right now? And then I had to do more than 30 minutes for 45 minutes. (laughs) And after that conference, I met someone from Hootsuite who ended up being a major customer of ours. And we had amazing results from them. And that probably wouldn't have happened if I'd have gone on stage thinking about myself. And I, I just think, you know, people need to hear this right now because everyone's, I mean, not everyone, I mean, I'm sure there's people really successful, but a lot of people out there have just gotten their, you know, what's kicked recently. And, you know, so there's two things. One is, how can I help this person, give myself 30 minutes, and, and keep going? Because I think the other thing is, you're getting hit in the face and you're, you know, your back is against the wall. You can just go in the room and eat donuts and, you know, watch Netflix all day. I mean, that, that's be a lot easier than having to pick yourself up and go out again, right? That's right. And, and give yourself permission to go in the room, watch Netflix and eat donuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, I'm going to have two 30-minute calls where I focus 100% on the other person and then I'm <laughs> going to go eat my donuts. That's, that's okay. I think I could do that. Okay. Oh, Lisa. Well, this has been amazing. Just packed with information. You gave me a ton of homework I got to do, but that's okay. I'm, I'm excited to do it. Well, and, you do have yeah. a copy of Selling with Noble Purpose and it tells you I what do. to do. I'll flag the pages for you. I do. And I want to make everybody aware the newly revised second edition just came out for 2020, which is super exciting. And they can get that over on Amazon, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's interesting when we were putting the book to bed was when COVID hit. So we had a little bit of time and we were able to update it with how this crisis is affecting your customers. Perfect. All right. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your knowledge. We'll get you on again soon. Thanks so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.